What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 42 of Mendoza Line. My name is Cam Brennan, and I'm joined by the one and only Nicholas Coates. What's up? Hey, Cam. Just just grinding through another day. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. You know? It's, it's, I'm, I'm trying to focus on baseball and not on football. That's what I'm trying to do right now. <laughs> it's a tough, tough time of year. A lot of football going on. Yeah. Well, and it's just not too fun for me to focus on baseball as we'll see when we get to, uh, our first, uh, topic and what's the count, but, um, uh, exciting times in baseball. There's a lot, there's a lot going on, a lot of decisions being made on who's going to go where in the playoffs. So I feel like we got a lot to talk about. Yeah. It's almost like your Detroit sports teams have begun to shift and trade places on the success scale. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like there's a rule that all the teams in Detroit can't be good at the same time. They have to trade spots. Yeah. And I don't know how good the Wings are going to be this year, but yeah, like you said, the Lions Lions almost pulled out a, a nice victory over the Falcons today. But alas, your Tigers are... Are, are struggling, struggling pretty hard. I think that's generous. I think they just suck real bad. Yeah, they they're pretty hideous. Ever since they traded their um, heart and soul of their team, I don't know if I can name too many of their players right now. Um, outside of you know the guys that have been on their team this year that weren't traded, they, I know they've had a, a lot of their minor leaguers caught up, but. It is rough. I I watched a few minutes of the game yesterday. I think they brought in they brought in a guy Joe Joe Jimenez, and he I don't know his style line off the top of my head, but he had pitched I think nine innings, and it was one of those where you know you look to see he's hopefully got more strikeouts than innings pitched, maybe a few less hits. He had given up like fifteen runs in nine innings. <laughs> So they uh yeah, I guess they're trying to get him some work and see uh results don't matter much at this point. I think it's all about player evaluation for the tiger for the uh for the tigers. But yeah, they um starting off what's the count this week? The uh Tigers have hit a rough spot. They were just destroyed by the twins this weekend. Um got swept on the way to their seventh straight loss which has dropped them in a tie for the second worst record in all of baseball. So they have they've caught the Phillies, I believe, which is pretty impressive because of how far the Phillies were down there pretty much all year, but yeah, ever since they lost Verlander, they I mean their pitching is just atrocious. Even I mean their bullpen is still terribly bad. So now they don't even have any pitchers that can cover up for the bullpen, so it's it's definitely snowballed in the past few weeks. Yep. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I don't mean to rub this in your face. So, and on top of that, they they lost Miguel Cabrera. He's he's been having back issues pretty much all yeah, season. He's been having back issues trying to carry the team the whole year. Uh, well, that's what that his is. His whole career, I guess. Yeah. No joke. But he's got two herniated discs, so he's he's done for the year. But um, I'm pretty sure he's happy about it too. Probably, yeah, good for him to get 
go back down to Miami and get, that, get the surgery done if need be, rehab, and yeah, finish out his career because he's, as long as he shows up, he's going to get paid a lot of money over the next six to eight years. So, yeah, the Twins scored 27 runs this weekend. No, wait. They scored 39 runs in four games uh, to sweep the Tigers at Detroit. Um, And then the news also came down this week that the uh, Tigers were not going to be extending Brad Osmus. So his... Their manager, his contract is running out at the end of the year, so they're going to go a different direction. So that's a tough one. I'm sure. I mean, they were they were competitive last year, but I think well, they just they made the playoffs his first year, and they haven't made the playoffs since. So they were close last year, and then yeah, the bottom's fallen out this year. So coincides with you know Tigers going on a bit of a youth movement and. He probably took the job at the wrong time. If he could have taken it a couple years earlier, he might have had more success. But it'll be interesting to see if he gets another job. So unlike the uh, the Reds, the uh, who are we just keep extending our manager for a year, the Tigers decide to go another direction as they start the rebuild. But are you hanging in there? Are you um, optimistic at all about the Tigers' future? Uh, I mean, right now, no, just because it's, I'm, I'm just like visions of, of, you know, the Tigers when I was in high school, you know, just real, 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 real bad. Uh, but I, you know, I realized that, you know, they've been out of the playoff picture for a while. And so perhaps, perhaps the, uh, desire to win a game, uh, has been long gone. Well, <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I mean, the Reds have had the number two overall pick the past two years, and they've lost six in a row as well, so we're... Well, right, but, I mean, two years isn't enough time even for a number two pick to make it to the big leagues, you know? it's You're still you're still two to three years out on a total stud. I can empathize. I can you empathize know? with your pain. That's what I'm saying. And I, I, and I appreciate that, Nick. It's one of the many quality uh, characteristics that you possess is your ability to empathize. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's just not fun. It's just not fun to know that we're probably another three to six years away from playoff contention. Well, mercifully, this year's almost over. And then I will have to, yeah, help you understand your farm system and um, what to look for in the draft so you can have something to follow and look forward to because, yeah, it's, it's probably going to be a rough couple of years. But, um, I guess I've found solace in when my team's bad watching individual players, the young players, hoping to see them improve and not necessarily depending on a win every night. And in some ways, it's been freeing to uh, not have those expectations because it's uh, even harder when the team loses when they were expected to win. So anyways, there, uh, there will be better days ahead for your Tigers. I know that. I sure hope so. So strike one, and what's the count? Um, Aaron Judge hit his 47th and 48th home run today. So he is now one shy with a week to go of Mark McGuire's steroid-aided home run record um, as a rookie. So we'll be watching that this week. And then John Carlo 
is at uh, 67 home runs with one week left. Sorry, sorry, that should say 57, not 67. So if he had 67, that'd be a, probably a much bigger deal. 57 is still a sizable deal. That's a lot yes, of home runs. So he, yeah, he's four away from Roger Maris's old home run record with uh, with the week to go. I uh, I saw him hit a laser home run in Arizona yesterday. It was it was a rocket. It was very close to hurting someone out in left field. Um, so yeah, that just kind of has aided in the trend of the uh, just a lot of home runs this year in general. So. This week, um, Alex Gordon hit the home run to break the previous record of 5,693. That was set in 2,000 for most home runs in a, in a year. So 2,000, that was a year of um, steroids were at their peak. And um, so it's kind of incredible that we're in, a, in an era now, not too far away from when pitchers were dominating, to have that record be broken. So, yeah. We we've still got a week to go, so that that record's going to be obliterated. I just that that's just an absurd amount of home runs. Like Giancarlo Stanton has fifty seven home runs, and is only accounting for one percent of the total home runs. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. Like that's crazy. That's I mean that's just some quick rough math, but that's nuts. And I realize that, you know everyone plays a million games in baseball, but. 57 home runs is incredibly impressive, and it's still only 1% of the total home runs hit this year. Like, that's, that's a bit sobering, I'd say. For sure. So there's a, there's a lot of talk about a juiced ball this year, and be, just because it's, it's been so incredible, you know, the power just across the board. I mean, obviously, you don't have a guy um, like in 2000 where you had guys hitting – you had multiple multiple guys where Stanton was at, in upper fifties, but just across the board, everyone's hitting more home runs this year. So, you, I think if you looked at stats of certain players, you'd be pretty shocked at the number of home runs. I just off the top of my head, I mean, Francisco Lindor, who is an amazing baseball player, but he's he's a pretty you know skinny, not known with his power, but he has thirty three home runs this year. Um, Scooter Jeanette for the reds he's i think he's got 27 he's just a a little you know he's like five. Oh yeah and and dudes named scooter do not hit home runs that's just a rule and joey vado is 33 and he's hit you know he's hit more home runs than he's ever hit in his career this year he's has i think he's got 36 or 37 so it's it's interesting it's been an interesting point of discussion this year with um yeah as the is the ball juice just because this is just a pretty extreme trend here to to have that record broken um where we know i mean we kind of have an idea why the record was broken in 2000 but it's not like i mean we test they test more than ever for performance enhancing drugs this year the pitchers throw harder than ever um so either there's some weird physics going on with the ball going out faster because they're coming in faster or yeah the ball's um, traveling farther than it ever has so we will see i guess in the future if this trend continues i just i would i can't believe it just something just doesn't add up for for why this is happening but um so yeah that that has happened so i mean i don't know the average amount of home runs hit in a week but 
whatever that number is, is probably going to be added to that record this week. Um, and yeah, we'll see if that uh, if that record is approached again in the future. So that'll tell us. Um, either they'll find something with the ball, or it was just it was just a crazy year in that regard. Yeah, I blame global warming. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> oh, we're we're gonna get some hot topics today with um, a few things we're gonna touch on, but I mm. yeah, <laughs> I've been I've been trying I've ha- been having an internal debate about what I'm gonna say and what I'm not gonna say because I really want to go off, but we'll see. So yeah, strike two. So we. Some uh, some things have been hot in the news, the uh, especially this weekend, with um, President Trump and his comments on the, the protesting in the NFL, which has pretty much galvanized those athletes. But also, it's it's filtered into baseball now, which we had our first baseball player, Bruce Maxwell from the A's, uh, African American player, was the first to kneel during the during the national anthem this weekend. So. Not sure how much of a trend that'll be because, you know, baseball is much more of a, um, I guess for lack of a better term, white man's game um, or, you know, Latin based where, you know, you have a lot of those players aren't from the U.S. Um, You know, not as many minorities in, in that sense from the Americans that would, this would hit. So just in a general news sense, um, that happened, but definitely have my own opinions about about that and um some frustrations i guess but uh yeah i mean this is this is not something that's going to go away uh, frankly i'm a little surprised this is the first time this has happened in baseball especially since this is kind of was a talking point starting last year but i think there the culture around it i think there's a lot more hesitation to do it because of just the nature of the game and then also um really standing out uh, as being the probably the only person to do it, or the first one to do it, especially. So, your thoughts? Uh, I'm happy someone finally did it in baseball. Um, I would love for more white men in these sports to be doing it, so that it becomes clear that it's not a patriotic issue, and it's a, it, and it becomes clear that it's a race issue. Right. Um, I think that the president is despicable for telling for calling these players son of a bitch and saying they should be fired because they knelt during the national anthem. He used stronger language towards a football player kneeling during the anthem than he used when he was forced to condemn neo-Nazism. Like that that's where I'm at on this. Um so the fact that that he has now turned his attention towards the NFL and also the NBA, where he withdrew the invitation to of the Warriors to the White House because Steph Curry wasn't that sure was he laughable to go for obvious reasons. Like how 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 fragile is your ego? Like how fragile is he it? He has a, a history of narcissism. That's for sure. I and it's just like oh my gosh. And so the fact that the fact that NFL owners and coaches and Roger Goodell all pushed back openly publicly and verbally and owners and coaches stood with their players like i'm all for that i'm all for that i just what i would like to see the conversation switch to is disrespect for the flag which is a joke because it's not about that yeah and the pres the president being able to condemn in public someone's first amendment rights and then have a crowd of people cheer for him in doing that 
Like that's endemic of a greater problem in our country than patriotism. It goes far deeper than that. And so I'm happy that a baseball player finally did this. I'd love to see the entire yeah. league do it. I mean, generally, I mean, the context, uh, yeah, he, was at, he said this at a rally, so he has a propensity to, to say these outlandish things uh, when he knows that, especially when he's present, when he's present with his base and he he's knows gonna that's going to get an applause get a, for it. Yeah. Get a strong reaction positively. And then also that the news is going to go crazy about it and get off of all the other controversial things that are going on. So it's just a, it's a run around in circles, like us versus them, nothing at accomplished mentality. But yeah, I think your point as far as, I think there's a lot of confusion and misunderstanding and just a really lack of listening. Um, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. To what I think the, the basic idea for the protests are, um, you know, I wish there was a better way to do it, but I don't, I don't think it would be near as effective. Um, cause I can definitely understand why people are, you know, people who had, you know, maybe family members or grandparents who fought and died for the flag, you know, which will go you know, what the flag really means, if the flag means more than an actual person. But I can understand why that would be, you know, why that would cause some frustration or for people up being upset. But I, I think that they are, they're either taking that as a shot at or a disrespect for what those people sacrifice, which I don't, in, you know, most cases, that's not what it's about. That's not what it's right. about. So they would much rather just be angry about it than actually listen and try to understand to those people who feel like they aren't being heard or who feel the systemic racism, who feel um, helpless because the, um, the justice system has continually communicated that um, not that all cops are dirty, but the ones that maybe are malicious in their intent can have a safety net um, and safety from being convicted for, you know, the heinous crimes that they commit. So it's all, all in all very frustrating and just annoying at the lack of, I guess, understanding and um, just the, the lack of compassion, really, um, that surrounds this. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I align pretty closely with you in this, in that... Um, you know, I'm all for America. I love, I love this country. But, you know, when we start to love the idea of a country or the flag more than the actual people that live in there, mm-hmm. that's where I have a problem. That's, well, that's when idolatry becomes an issue, you know? And I guess I just, I'll say, I'll say this and then we can move on because, you know, I could, I could talk about this for days. I don't even know how to, how, how I, I'm just like, I'm so... Um, emotional about this because it just doesn't make any sense to me that like if someone wants to kneel for the national anthem it is their constitutional right to do so and if that upsets you that's okay but right we can we can disagree but but when it comes down to you saying that they're disrespecting the people that died to preserve this country. No, they're not. Those people didn't die so that I would stand at a national anthem. They died so that the Constitution gave that person the option 
to have freedom of speech. And the fact, the fact that people are unable or unwilling to disagree civilly and to allow different viewpoints and worldviews of what being an American citizen is about. Like that's the, that's the real issue to me is, is the lack of uh, the, the, the inability to disagree. You're either, you're either with me or you're wrong and you can't be wrong and still be a decent human being that deserves the protection of the constitution and deserves the dignity and respect that the constitution gives to all people. Yeah. And the president didn't create this. He's just feeding off of it. So yeah, he's, he knows what he's doing, but this is also the same guy that he said something about how the NFL was worse because of all the safety that I don't know what he said, but basically insinuating that, you know, the player safety wasn't important more the like the style of the game, because, you know, we were starting to become more aware of the, uh, the brain injuries and the risks that come with it. But yeah, the whole thing is, um, disheartening and frustrating. And I just wish people would get offline and actually go talk to these people and, on both sides to get a better understanding of where they're coming from and we'll have some some better accord but so yeah this happened in baseball which is why we want to talk about it but um definitely hope that discussion could be had here and people can just learn some compassion and um understanding of what's going on so yep a little bit of humility goes a long way so Absolutely. So a few more things and then we will we'll move into the uh the main topic. But the first thing I wanted to note was Billy Hamilton scored from first base today on a pickoff attempt. So it was pretty crazy. If you Yeah, you're gonna have to walk me through this because this does not seem physically possible. I didn't see a live, but basically what happened was he got picked off, he got in a got in a rundown, and as he was um, going back to first, the Red Sox threw it away. So he scoots on past second to third. Then he rounds third and sees that no one's at home because the catcher oh, ran no. all the way over to get the ball that that ended up over at first base. So basically, he just outran the catcher at home because everyone else was, you know, involved in the rundown <laughs> and not thinking to cover home base. So because he's so fast, he was able to make it all the way around so one of those really unique plays that you know you come to a baseball game and you see something you've never seen before and that's that was one of them so only billy hamilton so he uh amazing center fielder can't really hit but man he is fast that is really impressive yep so yeah and then the one other topic i wanted to just cover briefly i don't know if you saw this but um there was a there's a young kid that was hit with a baseball at a yankees game this week and was taken to the hospital, and there's been some discussion for a few years now about extending the netting, um, especially in those high-velocity areas where the ball comes off. So the uh, some of the teams have already said that they're going to be doing that for next year, but that has also caused up quite a, quite a bit of controversy from people who think that, you know, if you're at a game, you should be paying attention, and it's your fault if you get hit. And other people are like, are you serious? 
like the ball's coming so fast it's hard to see and also children aren't necessarily going to be always paying attention so that's another topic of debate i've been following you know i follow the reds beat writers and they've been having discussions with people who are just a little uh insane a little old school in there how much does you know, netting if you're at a game sorry how much does netting really impair your view I mean, honestly, yeah, not much. Get not over much. it. So, it's the whole like, you know, soft generation needing nets for everything. So it's just funny, like how this seems to be common sense, and you know, protecting people from high velocity flying objects um, that are very close to the playing field, and especially young children. Just another thing for people to be mad about. I just don't get it. Like, we're soft because we want to not get hit in the head with a baseball. <laughs> for, like, the two seconds we're trying to flag down the cotton candy guy <laughs> to buy it for our kid. Well, thankfully, the clubs, most of the clubs, are moving this direction. So, thankfully, I can't believe that there hasn't been more serious issues because of this, but I think it, it's only going to take one time, you know, for someone to get severely hurt or a young child to get, you know, fatally injured from this, you know, to say, if this doesn't prohibit the view, you know, why, why hasn't this happened way, way, you know, way long ago when we, this, something like this can have prevented. So. And it shouldn't have to wait. Exactly. Right, so. Well, it's funny because at the Reds game today,
Okay, that was the question I had was because the Cubs have the worst record of the potential uh, playoff teams, would the Dodgers play the Cubs based on a record? But because the Cubs win the division, they would automatically get the three seed, not the four seed. So it's going to be a battle for the West, essentially, until the uh, National League um, Championship Series. I think they were, yeah. The Mendozies. Yes. Brace yourselves, await with bated breath the awards for the worst of baseball this year. Yes. See see how many of them are still in the league. <laughs> yeah, so they are no longer the worst in that category. What a relief for them. They must just feel so much better about themselves. We should send them like a graduation certificate. Congratulations, you've graduated to to moderate major leaguer. Congratulations. That's like saying every vote counts, Nick. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, wait, they do. I forgot. I'm sorry. Uh... 
Oh, it is, and I am grateful that you carry the show, sir. I'm just happy to be your uh, dim-witted partner. <laughs> All right, well, on that bombshell, I think we shall end episode 42. If you guys want to write into the show, which would be really cool, let us know what you think. Who should be uh, a nominee for Mendoza? You can even make your own category up. That's totally cool. You can get Nick on Twitter at Coatsy, C-O-A-T-S-I-E-E, right? Just two E's. And I'm at Cam Brennan, C-A-M-B-R-E-N-N-A-N. You can email us, hello at supermegacorp.net. You can check out the show notes if I make any at supermegacorp.net slash Mendoza slash 42. And... And if you love what we do here or on our other podcasts, you can go to patreon.com slash supermegacorp and throw some money at us because that's fun. Mm, Yes, I will dance. And on that great visual, we shall say until next time, uh, auf Wiedersehen.